find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. Now, we all know that with the internet, we have access to pretty much everything imaginable. Some some is dependable, some is reliable, and you know, some people have this feeling if it's on the internet, obviously it's true. Now, you know, I've I've been on the internet pretty much since the beginning, and I could tell you a whole lot of things on the internet are not true. A whole lot of things are just for entertainment, not for education. And it's really good to know what is true and what's not especially when it comes to information that you really need for your well-being. So, and, and we know that, that too many, especially young people, are out there and they, they want truthful, honest information or, or any information about, I'm going to say it, sex. You know, I, I've done a couple of informal surveys on my Facebook page just asking parents, have you had the talk? You know what I'm talking about, that talk. And a lot of parents don't want to have the talk with their kids. You know, so, so kids are finding out about sex other places. Unfortunately, they usually are finding out by watching porn. And, and a lot of, you know, quite a few adults, that's where they got their education. So, you know, we, we all need to kind of learn the facts, somewhere dependable and somewhere reliable. But where can you get the real information? I, I personally think you should come to a love coach, you know, or my radio show and get the real facts because I work hard to get experts. But there are other places where you can get the real information and I would highly, highly recommend that you meet my guest because he's got a website called Sex Smart Films. And he's actually got over 650 films about, that include sex education, research, and I, you wouldn't believe the collection he's got. So, Mark, how are you? I'm doing well, Nikki. How are you? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And I, I got to say, I watched way too many Sex Smart films over the weekend. <laughs> can't, you, can't, you can't watch too many. You know, I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> so, and and I, I, saw, I saw interviews with people I had only heard about, you know, over the, like, the last 10 or 12 years. Man, I had a good time watching stuff and, and learned some things. I did. And and reinforced some things that I had already learned. And uh, I, I just, you, you have got an incredible collection on your website. Wow. Well, thank I, you. I had heard rumors about your website, but wow, it was amazing to, to I, I looked at a lot of things and I made a wish list of ones I'm going to watch because there's only so many hours in the day, you know. But but there were there were some that I really wanted to take a look at before we talked, and uh, wow, what a collection you've got! So I I am really looking forward to sharing this information with the listeners, 
and and just telling them how how in the world did you I mean was was this you know usually as as kids we we know what we're going to do when we grow up so so was it your well let me let me tell let me tell the listeners a little bit about your work first yeah Mark Schoen is an award-winning filmmaker and human sex, sexuality expert. He's produced over 55 films of his own that he uses in colleges and educate in universities throughout the U.S. And he's been doing this since 1975. And he's the author of an award-winning book and video, Belly Buttons or Navels. And I remember the day I discovered that book. I love that. And I've, I've gotten to read it, read it now. I have my own copy. And... Yeah. And it's still available on Amazon. It is. It is. I found that. And actually, the book I'm working on with with Susan Kay, um, I I included a notation in there before I met you. So, yeah, we Uh we talked about it in there. And the the need to use the right names for things and not all these crazy crazy names that people make up for body parts. So, see, I I was talking about you before I even met you. Well, uh, an interesting thing happened. I was doing a talk in the last year with a university, virtually, with a university class. And we were talking about the names of body parts, the genitals. Right. And there were about, it was a lecture hall, and there were close to 100 undergraduate students in there. So probably 18, 19 years old. And I asked, would they write down the names they used for male and female genitals as a child? I can imagine. Out of the, the, say, 100 students, two had both accurate names. I can believe that. And it just goes to show how we don't get sex education at home. We don't get sex education in school. So most kids get information from their peers and from the Internet. And you know, it's, well, we don't go around calling our foot some funky name or our arm right. some funky name. <laughs> yes. Why? And my favorite name that I heard for the female genitals was the hoo-ha. Yeah. Seriously? Well, that's like I have guests come on. I'm like, okay, we don't have to worry about the, the FCC. Use the real name for body parts. And if you don't, I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> you know? It is what it is, folks. Don't don't get crude about it. Just use the right names. So, yeah, I'm, I'm determined that my, my audience is going to know what things are really called. So, and, wow. You know, when I... Think about this. I think of a a sex educator who passed away who has a number of books out, Saul Gordon. Mm-hmm. And he always said, you have to be an askable parent. Oh, I like that. And, and yes, and think about it. He said, you don't have to sit down and have the talk one day, but you do need to let your children know that Sex is a topic that we can talk about. Right. So, so giving them accurate names for body parts. If you see something on the news, make a little comment. You know, let them know we can talk about sex. 
Right. So when they do have a question, they come to you. Now, there are some parents who say, I don't want them coming to me. So, but that, and, and he always, I always remember, he said, and if you don't know the answer, say I don't know. But let's right. find out together. Exactly. So, so you know, and, and if you think of any other subject, you know, if your child came to you and asked about astronomy, you wouldn't be embarrassed that you didn't know where, you know, the, a, a constellation was located, but you'd get a map and look and sh- right. share it with your child. Right. But when it comes to sex, we have a whole, we're all, you know, up in arms. We don't know what to do. And, and because this has been passed down through generations, this is not something we started. So, yeah, it's crazy. And I always think about uh, spending time. I spent time when I was in graduate school in Sweden and look at the cultural differences. And I remember being with a Swedish family watching television and their five-year-old child was in the room and there's lots of nudity on Swedish television. And the child was watching and no one thought anything of it. And then an American show came on called McLeod and there was a big fight. The mother grabbed the five-year-old boy and covered his eyes. She didn't want him to see violence. And I thought, wow, what a cultural difference. And I remember going to class the next day and saying to my, telling my friend what happened and said in the United States, a child can see someone's head get blown off as long as he's wearing clothing. Yep. I, I, years ago, I used to, to manage a video store and I had this woman that came in and she brought her like five or six year old and, and for him, she rented the most graphic, gory horror movies all the time. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, oh, yeah, they don't bother him at all. I'm like, that doesn't concern you? You know, wow. I, I, I'm very glad I don't still know them because that was long enough ago. He's probably in his mid-20s now. But, wow. But, yeah, it's... Uh, it 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 has concerned me for years what kids i mean parents let their kids watch as far as violence and that kind of thing but yeah. so let's let's share i i've heard this story before because i i listened to your interview with susan helen was was um was it always your dream to to get into making movies about sex if you would have said to me when i was in high school or undergraduate school in college that I would be making movies about sex, I would have said, you're out of your mind. <laughs> that, I, that's what I say about having a radio show about sex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, my, my, if you would have asked me when I was 17 what I was going to be when I grow up, I would have said a hockey player. You know, that you was go. my dream. But I became a health educator and I was teaching health education in a New York junior high school. So I was teaching seventh grade who were 12 year old. And New York State mandated that we teach about sexually transmitted diseases. 
And I remember, you know, I didn't know much about that, and I studied up on it and went into class the first day, wrote the names of the diseases on the board, and I said, you get these diseases through sexual contact. All of a sudden, the hands go up. What does that mean? I said, it means either sexual intercourse or oral genital contact. What does that mean? (laughs) I spent the whole first class explaining what I meant by sexual contact. The class ends, I step out into the hall, and lo and behold, the school principal is standing there waiting for me. He knew this was the first day of this class, and he said, how did it go? And I said, "Uh, I'm not too happy. And he said, why? And I told him what happened, and I said, I'm teaching them about sexuality by way of disease. Can Can you think of a more negative approach? And he agreed and said, what do you think we should do? And I said, we should start a sex education program. And he thought a moment and he said, let's go for it. And that began my photography was a hobby of mine. And and I started making little slide programs for my classes. That summer, I enrolled in a human sexual, a graduate human sexuality program at NYU and went to Sweden for two months. And let me tell you that it opened my eyes and I was able to observe Swedish children in sex education classes in first grade and mm. seeing how they have a national sex education curriculum and it's just part of going to school, and no one thinks anything of it. Wow, starting and, in first grade? Yes, Ooh. starting in first grade. Mm. And, wow. And the kids are very matter-of-fact. I mean, they walk into that class like they're walking into history class. It's, you know, it's no big deal. It's more of a big deal for parents, for older people. The children right. don't, they haven't been... You know, they haven't been, uh, I don't know what the word is, <laughs> well, they, haven't, they haven't been taught yet to, to have an issue with it. Yes. Yeah. They haven't been mm-hmm. taught shame. So, right. So well, but, it, it but was, once, once you teach people to be ashamed and to feel guilty about it, then you can control them easier. Yeah. Well. Well. You can try to control but you, them. But you also can take a look. In fact, the World Health Organization has statistics by country. And if you look at unwanted pregnancies and compare the United States to Sweden, in fact, all European countries, right. the teenage unwanted pregnancy rate is much higher. If you compare, do the same thing with teenage HIV, the same thing. We're much higher. It shows education is helpful. Right. Helps people be responsible about their sexual behavior. I remember when I was in Sweden, uh, I grew up in New York City, and I remember on the subways there were these vending machines where you could put a coin in and get a piece of gum. And I saw the same same machine on the street in Sweden. And I said, oh, I'm going to get a piece of gum. Ran up to the machine, pulled out a coin, 
There was no gum in the machine. It was condoms in the middle of the street. And I right. said, oh, my. You know, I had never, you know, if you wanted a condom, you had to go into a drugstore and they were behind the counter. You know, it was a big deal. And here, anyone can walk up to the vending machine and buy a condom. So mm. the, the cultural differences are amazing. And beneficial to the countries that allow this well it's it's there's such a stigma put on sex and thoughts of sex and this sort of thing that you've got all the collateral damage of low self-esteem you've got the guilt you know and and you've got this snowball effect Oh, yeah. You know, that causes so many problems with people and of all age groups, you know? And and then people and well that's a whole show all by itself. But yeah, it's and, and you know, people and this is something I included in, in the book when you know that Susan and I are working on too, that you know, people are you've got so many people that are only taught abstinence, they're not given any sex education really you know and then they're when they get into a situation they they just have they're completely unarmed for the situation they don't know yeah. what to do you know well yeah you're absolutely right most americans get their sex education either if they think there's a problem pregnancy or a sexually transmitted infection there that's when they start looking for more information instead right. of getting it at an early age so you can prevent these things from ever happening we you know suffer the consequences of a lack of education well and and if you have absolutely zero sex education you can get into a situation and not even know what's happening to you which, I mean, I, most people are going to find that confusing and say, come on, that couldn't possibly happen. But if you know absolutely nothing about sex, yeah, it can. Because you, you honestly do not know what's happening to you. Yeah. Oh, it's, you know, I hear these kinds of stories all the time. I have people who use my website. So a therapist right. called, me, called me, and a therapist had one of her clients watch this, the, probably the most widely viewed film on the website. It's a 12-minute film called, uh, it's a sensate focus exercise on sexual anatomy and physiology. And she, right. this woman who had never had an orgasm, and she was close to 60 years old, she oh, had wow. never had an orgasm, and she wanted to make sure that she knew about her sexual anatomy. After watching the film, she told the therapist she never heard the word clitoris. She did not know she had a clitoris. Oh, wow. She's 60? Yes. Wow. So, you know, here's a good example, bad example of what a lack of sex education can do. I mean, right. Wow. So, 
Okay, so, I, I, know, know, I get, think... get a sidetracked. I'm uh, sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> Good conversation, though, and people need to hear this stuff. All right. So you, you've made 55 films. Tell us about some of the early ones. The early ones. Well, I was a graduate student at NYU, and we went, a bunch of us went to a club, and there was an entertainer that lip-synced a song by Charles Aznavour, the French singer, called okay. What Makes a Man. And it was called, it's called What Makes a Man. And basically, mm. it's a story about a man who goes into a nightclub every night, his job, and he changes his sex before the eyes of the audience and comes in as a woman and goes out as a man. And he acted the whole thing out in, you know, a four-minute song, five-minute song. And afterwards, we went up to him and said, could I film this? And we arranged a time for him to come to NYU. And we made a short film called Gender. And it's still being used today. And it's a film I'm very proud of. And it gets people talking about gender identity. Right. So, so that, was, that was the first motion picture I made. And right. it was in, and we shot, it was shot in 16-millimeter film. So, I, I get the impression that you like to do things that get people thinking deeper than, than some other people do. Yes. I, I, if you look at my, a list of my films, you know, I, my, I made the film Belly Buttons Are Navels. Which right is that I showed this grandmother reading this book to two young children that identifies all body parts from head to toe. The book was made as a prop for the film. Right. And, and when the film came out, people were saying, where do you get the book? <laughs> and there was no book. So Oops. Mary Calderon, Dr. Mary Calderon, who was then the director and founder of SECUS, the Sex Information and Education Council of the United States, loved it, and had her agent contact me. The agent brought the book to the publisher, I forget the name, that does the Dr. Seuss books. And they <laughs> said, yes, we'll publish it, but you have to remove one word from the book. <laughs> Clitoris. And I remember Mary Calderon saying to me, Mark, if you remove that word, you're going to have to answer to me. So <laughs> needless to say, we did not remove clitoris. We found a smaller publisher and got it published. And uh, it, it's still being used today. Awesome. And that I came out, I think, in 1990. Uh, awesome. I, I the film was made in 1984. The book came out in, I think, 19, around 1990. Awesome. Uh, so, of, of all of your films, which one are you the most proud of? And I'm, I'm betting one of the top ten is your movie, Trans. Yes. Trans, <laughs> uh, Trans is a film 
about the transgender community that came out in 2012. And when it came out, it was a different world back then. Oh, yeah. And the movie has saved lives. And if you go to Amazon, it's on Amazon Prime, as well as Sex Smart Films. But if you go to Amazon Prime and just read the reviews, some of them bring tears to your eyes. It brought tears to my eyes. I mean, the film has literally saved lives. And I remember one experience, the surgeon in the film who's transgender and does gender confirmation surgery invited me to come to New Hope, Pennsylvania, where she works. And she has a bed and breakfast there for her patients and their families. And she gave me a room in the bed and breakfast. And I came down for breakfast that morning. And a woman came up to me and said, Mark. And I looked at her and I didn't know her. And she said, you are Mark. And I said, yes. And she came up to me and she gave me a big hug. And I looked at her like, what is this all about? <laughs> she said, my daughter had surgery yesterday. When she first told me she was transgender, I was not at all supportive. I did not treat her nicely. And I was telling this to one. She was tell, talking to one of her friends, and her friends had her watch my film, Trans. And she said, and now I'm here supportive and helping her after her surgery. So she said, thank you. So that kind of story I've heard a lot. And it's, again, it's a lack of education, you know, that people don't choose their gender identity. It's like you don't choose your skin color or your hair color. You know, you're born this way. And, uh, you know, I think we have to learn to accept people for who they are and not who we want them to be. I'm I'm a firm believer in live and let live and, and it it amazes me how how many people don't have that philosophy. I'm I'm like you know, I I don't force what I feel on other people, but I don't want them to do it to me either. I'm like, okay, you know, Live live your life the way you want to, and I'm going to live mine the way I want to. Now, I'm going to share my opinions on my show, but you have the option to turn it off if you don't agree. You know? Right. Yeah. And to, we quote Oscar Wilde, who said, you got to be yourself because yeah. everyone else is taken. Exactly. exactly. I, don't, I don't want to be anybody else anyway. I want to be me. And it's uh it's very it's a very strong moment when you get to the point where you realize that you are the person. So that and that's a big part of the reason behind uh, Susan and my project. So, so who watches the films on your site? Who are they right for? There, it's a wide range. I mean, <laughs> for, uh, I'm, I'm getting that the more I, I dig into the site. I mean, at the low end in age, parents will show a film to a child. Okay. And so we have, you know, the true story of how babies are made, belly buttons or navels. And we have a slew of films for 
children and teens that are very popular. Then we have universities that show films in their classrooms. We have therapists who either show the film in a session or write a prescription and say, watch this film before our next session next week. And they give them a rationale why they want them to see the film, what they want them to get out of it, and then in their next session they discuss the film. There are couples who will watch a film together. Sit down, you know, they have an issue they're dealing with, and we have a lot of sex therapy films, and they, they use them as self-help. And one of the things I tell couples is when you're watching the film together, feel free to press the pause button and talk. You know, it's a lot easier to talk about that couple you see on the screen than to talk about yourself. Yes. And, it, uh, and the films are sexually explicit. Me, or not all of them, but many of the sex therapy films are sexually explicit. So, you know, they're not made to titillate. They're made to educate. And right. So they've been very useful, and uh, they're widely seen. We also have some films about sex researchers that a lot of the academics use. But there are some people in the general public who are curious and want to see some of them. Well, so. I mean, I'm, I'm coming at it from a, a coaching perspective. And like I said, I, I thoroughly enjoyed being able to see some of the people that I've heard so much about through various clients and, and through my work with Dr. Ava and, and with Tova Fader and with Susan Kay, you know, because, I mean, they, they, they toss out all these names of all these people they've worked with, and I'm like, oh, that, that's her, that's him, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, and then, of course, all the, all the work with, with Masters and Johnson that I'm familiar with and all this sort of thing. Um, but you, you've got three mains, oh, and I'm loving the commercials. Oh, wow. They, that, sir, and I love the umbrella commercial. That guy was, yeah. was pouring on. Oh, that was fantastic. Well, the, um, the commercials come from 52 different countries. And if you watch, say, a condom commercial and compare the countries, uh, did you see the one from Australia called Get Naked? Yes. Oh, I showed that to a couple of friends last night, and I mean, we were just rolling. That was, oh, wow. I, you're not going to see that in the U.S., that's for sure. No, no, you're <laughs> not going to see that in the United States. In fact, I remember being at a conference and having an exhibit table for my company, and the exhibit table next to me was for Trojan, the condom company. <laughs> and I remember I was, I was talking to the gentleman, and I said, you know, I've seen some of your commercials, and they're condom commercials, and you never see a condom. And he said right. to me, with good, re with good reason. And I said, what's the good reason? He said, if we showed a condom, it would never get on the air in the United States. Right. It wouldn't. No. Wow. So, Unreal. Yeah. Okay, so there's, there's three main sections to the site. You've got education research, and therapy. Um, yes. And you, and you kind of hit on this, but just, just to elaborate a little bit, 
Do you want to give a little bit more detail on what each of those sections contains? Because, sure. I mean, they're, they're big sections and they're, they're very diverse. Okay. The therapy section is divided heterosexual, gay, lesbian, uh, then it has a thing on gender identity and disability. So, for example, the sensate focus exercises, which were developed by Masters and Johnson, right. I, ma- I made it the same film three times. Once with two gay couples, once with two lesbian couples, and once with two heterosexual couples. I noticed that because I, I bookmarked all the Synthate Focus because I want to watch those, and I saw how you did that. That's very cool. Yeah, so this way, you know, no matter who you are, you can find, you know, it's the same exercises, just the gender of the people in it are different. So uh, anyway, so that's the therapy. Education is divided. We have for children, for teens. Then we have it divided by subject, you know, puberty, masturbation, uh, things related to gender identity, things related to sexual orientation, We show we have a section called advertising and sexuality, which shows the commercials and public service announcements from all over the world. That's where the commercials are. Okay, I've been looking yeah, for them. Yes, in advertising and sexuality under the education heading. Okay, and they're alphabetized by country of origin. Okay. So, so you can look if you're, you're interested in a particular country, you can. Look it up alphabetically. Okay. And then the research section has, you can look up researchers by name. You can look up research by subject. And uh, that's basically how you get to those films. And we have films that are very old and very new. And I think it's important to have the older films. In fact, there's one film that was made, I think, in 1959 or 60. And I remember a therapist who I know told me he saw the film in high school. And it's, because, it's called Boys Beware. And it's about hitchhiking in California. Kid, young kids used to hitchhike. And it said, Boys Beware. They should be where they not get picked up by a homosexual. And hmm. this, this therapist I know said when he was in high school, this was shown in his class. And so I have it on the site, you know, just so you can see how sex education has evolved, you know, and some for good and not some for not so good. Right. That was one thing, too. I I read several interviews that you had done, and like I said, I've watched a couple. And one of the things you were saying, too, is is with the the scope and depth of the things that you have, you can notice the 
evolution of how sex education has changed. You know, and, and even with the, the teaching that you personally have done, it, it started out with scare tactics. You know, you know we're, we're going to teach them based on diseases they can get, you know, and, and how it's evolved over the years, even, even just in the last 40 years or so. Um, is, is there something you'd like to share along those lines? Well, I think we have some good, I mean, when I started my sex education program, I was teaching seventh grade, and I used a book called Love and Sex in Plain Language by Eric W. Johnson. And it was written on a fifth grade reading level, and it covered sexual orientation, it covered sexual anatomy, puberty, master, you know, not the whole gamut. I mean, there was not much on gender identity. But right. For the, I mean, I started teaching this in 1972. So for the time, it was pretty uh, adventuresome, if you know what I mean. That right. We, we went to places that did, people in public schools in New York didn't do at the time. So... I'm trying to remember because I'm thinking here and I, I was in a county school in Virginia and I'm thinking it was fifth or sixth grade we had sex ed here, what little we had, little, little you know, film strip kind of thing. Um, so I think it was like 78, 79, somewhere around there is is when we had it here. So it wasn't that mm-hmm. removed. There was there was no sexual identity, no gender information at all. Definitely no masturbation information. Mm-hmm. Um, just basically the the very 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 basic anatomy info. Um, yeah, it was it was sketchy. There, there, I mean, there there wasn't much. It was bare bones to say the least. Yeah, uh, and, and that I, I, remember, I remember I remember. One of one of the girls wanted to know if she could she could carry a tampon in her back pocket, but <laughs> it was, I yeah. don't know why that stands out all these years later, but it does. But um, yeah, very very little information, and and of course all the sexually transmitted diseases. But yeah, there there wasn't much else that that was for sure. No, no, and when you you know most schools had a. And one night for boys and one night for girls, or Dave, and the girls learned mostly about menstruation. Of course. And the and the boys learned about their genitals and about wet dreams and, mm-hmm. uh, but not much else. Right, right. And even the female anatomy, they 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 didn't mention the clitoris. No, no. Nope, not no no like no real details, just the bare bones. Yeah, and nothing about pleasure. No, oh come on, especially not with the girls. They they yeah. weren't supposed to have any pleasure. That that might indicate that they were going to enjoy it. No. Yeah. <laughs> and and nothing about about you know all the all the sensations in the clitoris. No, can't talk about that. <laughs> 
So they yeah. they might want to like find out for themselves. Yeah, but, yeah. Unfortunately, not. I did a documentary about Betty Dodson. And oh if my! She God. had been if she had been there, she would have taught these young ladies a thing or two. Oh my goodness! She would have brought her oysters with her too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, that's a documentary I'm very proud of. Oh yeah, that was great. Be- I watched that every Be- weekend. Yeah, Betty. It's called Betty Dotson: Her Life of Sex and Art. And yeah, that was. She's something. She she came to New York from Wichita, Kansas, as a young woman, and she was an artist. And one of her early jobs was doing those like pen and ink drawings for of underwear for newspaper advertising. And she said, I drew all this underwear. And she said, now I don't even wear any. I know. She said, then I'm like, she, what'd she say? <laughs> oh, gracious. Yeah. And, and the women ended up in a room by themselves at the sex parties were cracking me up. But yeah, she, yeah. she's something. I, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, let me see. So, you, you've got films from so many different countries, and we sort of, sort of touched on this. But what's the value of of looking at sexuality in in all these different cultures? Well, I think the value is you can compare the cultures in terms of how they present on sexual issues. So, if you compare if you look at the United States, you know, the, there's a commercial that was produced for the 2010 Super Bowl called Clothing Drive. And it was done by Anheuser. It was done by Anheuser-Busch and it was about an office where they were having, you donate a piece of clothing and you get a free Bud Light. Make a long story short, people are taking off their clothes so they could get a free Bud Light. And wherever you saw there was genitals or a bare butt or breasts, a black bar was over it. So you never saw any nudity. Anyway, this was made for the 2010 Super Bowl. The network rejected it. It was never on the air. So the mere suggestion of nudity was unacceptable. And then you have a film, a commercial from Norway that's like a tri- hour equivalent to AAA. It's, if you get <laughs> stuck in the mud in your car and you need to get towed, they come and get you. So this Norwegian f- couple were in their car. They get stuck in the mud and they're calling. They're trying to get some help and there are some guys walking around and they yell, you need some help? And they said, yes. Needless to say, they were in the middle of a nudist colony. And the next image you see are five men behind their car, stark naked, pushing the vehicle. from behind, And you see five bare butts. And then the image you see over that was they should have been a member, meaning they should have been able to call for a tow truck. So... <laughs> But that was shown on national television in Norway, and it shows the differences, and it shows, you know, that they have sex education in Norway, they're more comfortable with sexual issues, 
And if you look at their prob- problems with sexuality in terms of disease and pregnancy, they're much lower than the United States. Right. So, and, and they're likely know. not ashamed of their bodies and no. having sexual thoughts because it's not something they're made to be ashamed of. No, I mean, <laughs> in the Scandinavian countries, children don't wear bathing suits when they're at the beach till they're probably about seven and no one hmm. thinks anything of it. Can't imagine. No. So where where can our listeners see all of these fascinating things? How, how does your website work? Well, you just go to sexsmartfilms.com. And if you want to see, say, a, a sensate, one Sensate Focus film, which are about 12 minutes, you can pay 99 cents and watch a film. If you want to watch 650 films, <laughs> you, can, you can pay nine ninety nine for a month, 30 days, 31 days. You could pay twenty nine ninety nine for three months and fifty nine ninety nine for six a year. And you have oh, access to twenty four hours a day access to six hundred fifty films. And then we have subscriptions for universities where they need to let all their students watch. But for the average viewer, those that's the way to do it. You just go to sexsmartfilms.com and subscribe. And yeah, that's, that's not bad for a year at all. Now, no. somebody, somebody like me who's, who's studied and, and continuing to stu- study sexuality and, and this sort of thing with my, my coaching certification and, and that has clients and, and for therapists to use it for their, their clients, how, how does that work for a therapist who wants their clients to watch it? How, how does well, that? The, the, the therapist, well, if the therapist wants, the therapist can show them the film in the office or right. they could say, when, when you go home, go to sexsmartfilms.com and watch such and such a film. And you, it, you can do a pay-per-view. So okay. the, the client can just watch one film and pay, you know, if it's one of the shorter films, 99 cents, and watch it. And then, mm-hmm. but what I've seen is sometimes a client will go to the site, watch one film, and then end up subscribing for a month for another 9.99. Right. Yeah, I was. It was. I realized I was logged out the other day because I'm. I'm like, 99 cents. Oh, hold on. Oh, I'm logged out. Okay, that's 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 what's happening. But that was that was cool. So what what about just average people? How many average people that aren't say therapists or students or that kind of thing, or or coaches or whatever? How many just regular folks? I don't know what to call them. Um, yeah, you have that subscribe. Uh, a a lot because a lot of them will go on the internet and search for educational films about sex and mm-hmm. they'll come to they'll land up on my site and do a little exploring and then sign up or watch a, an individual film so not all the 
people who are watching are either therapists, academicians, or clients of therapists, you know, some people who just want to do some self-education. I would think if you're curious at all, it would, it would be a no-brainer. Because, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I, I just started looking around, and, I mean, the time started flying because there's just so much, you know. <laughs> so. Well, I remember when, uh, when Betty Dotson passed away. Yeah, I put a free, one free film on the homepage, and I change it every four or five days. Yeah. And I put the documentary of Betty Dotson on the homepage. Okay. And I left it there for about two weeks. And I can't tell you how many people contacted me and thanked me and, you know, people who knew Betty. Right. And had never mm-hmm. seen, and, but they knew her and had never seen the documentary. Okay. So, and, you know, she was one of a kind. Oh, yeah. She, she was entertaining. She was knowledgeable. Uh, and she was so artistic. Yeah. So, and a lot of the film is her art, which is pretty amazing well and and listening to her describe it is is fascinating so yeah i i thoroughly enjoyed that well and and your site has been called i i love this the netflix of sex education yes yes um one of the reviewers who reviewed the site that that's a quote from the review he called it the yeah. netflix of sex education so, so is an app for for streaming in your future? Uh, you, there are some people who watch the the films on iPads and iPhones, and right. so it, it depends on the technology. Right. But but uh, you mean make a a specific app of just all the films? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's. I mean, I've I've got all, I've got a. Um, Fire Stick from Amazon, and I have right. there's all kinds of different apps that I can add to the Fire Stick. So I was just wondering if if there's an app for sex smart films in in the future. Oh. Hmm, that's I hadn't that that I will have to investigate that. Thank you. Um, see, there's there's a reason that we were introduced, Mark. Yes. Yeah, because because then people could easily watch it on their TV. Imagine sex smart films on your TV, Mark. Mm. Mm. Yes. I yeah. Like it. Yeah. I, I, it just, it, well, I was thinking about that the other day going, you know, I could just kind of put that on my TV. That would be cool. So anyway, just, just thought I'd throw that out there for you. All right. And if, and if one of my listeners does that, they're probably going to send me a message. <laughs> so. <laughs> um. Oh, I just noticed there's there's actually a and huh. There's a new feature video on the homepage too called Bad One from Germany. Interesting. Yes. And it's from the Education Connects collection. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. But I, I highly recommend that, that my listeners take a look. You it there's it, I I've heard rumors and, and heard stories from Lots of people I know about your site, and I'm thoroughly inv- 
thoroughly enjoying taking a look around. So you should definitely yeah, take I a look. It's um, fascinating. Know, uh, I get a lot of positive feedback. I'm trying to make some new films. I made one new film about two months ago. Uh, the gay activist Brian McNaught wrote a children's book called What's Gay? Ask May. Right. And it's a, it's a three-minute film. And I'm getting some good feedback on that one. So, but that's the newest film on the site. Awesome. Awesome. Well, like I said, I, there, there is literally something on here for everybody who is curious to learn more. So if, if you're like me and you want to learn more, you should at least take a look. So, awesome, awesome, awesome. But, yeah, it's, um, well, and, and if they, let me, well, I'm logged out right now. So if you, and, and even if you're logged out, you can see the most viewed videos, I believe. Is that right? Yes, yes. Okay, all right, listeners. Here you go. Even if you don't have an account, you can see the most viewed videos. Oh, no, you can't watch them. Okay. You can't okay. watch. You okay. can see which they, which they are. But okay. Okay. You yeah, because I, I the one see film the, on the homepage. Okay, I, I see that the the umbrella video that I just that is just so cute. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We well, should still take a look around. You can you can see. Um, you can see some information, and you can see testimonials and all kinds of fun stuff. But yeah, I like I said, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. All right. Well, well, I highly recommend taking a look around, and there will be re replay of today's show at uh, www.lovecoachjourney.com/sexsmartfilms. So, Mark, thank you very much for being with me. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Well, thank and you, Nikki. I really appreciate your Awesome. Support. Awesome. And listeners, I will be with you next time on Ready for Love Radio.